Hey, coming to you live from my parents' house and the bedroom floor of my childhood bedroom. We got episode 10 here of the Changavi After Show. For those of you that don't know, I'm officially a motherfucking influencer. And you want to know why? Why, Anuch? Why are you an influencer? Because of this. Give me one second. Oh, it's blue now. Or sorry, it's white. Now it's blue. Now it's orange. Mystique. <laughs> anyway, for those of you that don't know anything that I'm talking about, I got a ring light and it looks pretty freaking cool. And I figured out a new after show setup because that's what we do here on the Changabi show. We innovate, we create, and we figure out new ways to kind of make this show more approachable to other people. Apologies for me shifting this webcam around. I've been trying to find a good angle for this, but this seems to be the best one. So we're going to kind of stick with this. Um, like I said, I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier uh, on, what's it called, uh, earlier this year that I was going to start experimenting with shows. And I feel like this is kind of one of the ways that I want to do it. Uh, again, like I said, those of you that can't tell, I'm on the floor uh, rather than like being up on top of the desk. Usually I'm in the chair. This is like the bottom of it. But I'm sitting on the floor uh, with the microphone in hand. I kind of went back. I, I did this like earlier last year tried to experiment with more of a conversational style it worked out i thought the sound was kind of all over the place so let's see how the sound is on this but but that being said got a lot of the new equipment coming been working my ass off to prove the quality of the stuff so let's get into this after show because we got a lot of cool stuff to run here okay listen the first thing i want to talk about in regards to this after show i know i know it's been pretty dead for sports, if we're going to be honest. Like, if we're going to sit here and really talk to ourselves, sports has been very, very low on the talking points for me recently. You know, the Super Bowl's over. The NBA is just, you know, barely kind of getting its second half started here. The all, But it was All-Star Weekend this weekend. And I think that's the one thing that happened in sports sort of this past whatever, last weekend, week and a half, right? It's all, it's the all-star break for the NBA. Baseball hasn't started. Hockey is, you know, hockey. Who the hell watches hockey if you're not white, middle-aged and 42? And bat, and, and football just had the Super Bowl. So, like, what are we going to talk about rather than the all-star game? Listen, I'm not a big all-star guy when it comes to any sport. Um, I'm going to make that clear. Like, football, basketball, baseball – um, you know, I, I feel like all-star games in general are just kind of stupid. And what do you mean by that? Anyway? What, what, what all-star games? Isn't that where all the best players come? No, no, no. Here, here's what I mean, right? I think football has it the worst. I think the pro bowl is so dumb. I think it's one of the dumbest things in all of sports. Why? Because you get a bunch of players who don't want to be there, who probably most of them have lost in the playoffs, if not the regular season. They have nothing to play for. None of them want to injure each other because it's the offseason. You don't want to be that guy that tore some dude's ACL in the Pro Bowl, which is a game that has no stakes to it. Um, so it means nothing. The Pro Bowl means nothing, right? The All-Star game in basketball pretty much means absolutely nothing. The teams combined, I think it was 100. The, the final score of this All-Star game was 163 to 160. So the teams combined put up like almost three, close to 300 points. Like, people don't play defense. It's 
not a real game. The product isn't great. You know, it's just kind of cool to see all your favorite players on the same court, you know, just having fun. Obviously, Steph Curry took home the all-star MVP, which is amazing. And I'm so happy for him. Um, but in all reality, does that award really mean anything? Yeah, he shot 16 threes. Yeah, you know, he he played well. And I'm not going to ever discount Steph for anything that he has ever uh, accomplished. I mean, it's obviously a crazy accomplishment. But, like, is it really the most important thing on his resume? Like, you know, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just – I'm not a big – uh, believer in the all-star game, so to speak. But this segment is not about the all-star game. It's about the celebrity all-star game because this is the actual interesting event. See, I feel like you can't do a celebrity pro bowl in football because everybody's just going to get hurt. And you can't do a celebrity baseball tournament. I think they do something with softball with the MLB, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but really basketball is the only place where you can kind of bring together a lot of celebrities to play the game. And they do it every year. And I think the celebrity all-star game is really the highlight attraction of basketball for a reason. Why? In my opinion, because I think it's cool to see guys like Jack Harlow. And, you know, I know a couple of years ago, Hassan Minaj was in the all-star game. Um, just celebrities from all walks of life just come together and play a sport. I think that's super cool. Um, and I know there's a lot, obviously like basketball is very popular within sort of the, uh, the mainstreams of Hollywood and all of these things. So it was very cool to kind of get, it's cool to get to see like your favorite, uh, sort of athletes uh, or sorry, not athletes, but favorite sort of celebrities and singers and entertainers like go out and play. But I want to talk about one particular person, the celebrity all-star game who absolutely did not belong. Ranveer Singh. What the, what, what, like Okay, for those of you that don't know, there was this guy by the name of Ranveer Singh that played in the Celebrity All-Star Game. Um, and if you're not Indian, you probably have no clue who the hell that is. Most of you white people are like, oh, yeah, dude, that's my classmate. Oh, yeah, bro. Like, he's in calculus honors. No, 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 no. Ranveer Singh is a acclaimed Bollywood actor who uh, is very, for some reason, not liked amongst aunties. Uh, I've noticed for some reason. I don't know why. Um, he's with Deepika Padukone. Uh, that's his wife. Um, Padukone. Padukone. Uh, I don't know how to say her name in like an Indian accent. Uh, but he's with he he's with this other Bollywood actress, and they're married. Um, and I don't really know why this guy Ranveer is kind of eh kind of shat on a little bit but he is a bollywood actor you know he's kind of famous and he was sort of in this all-star game and i thought it was so random but i also thought it's really iconic this is kind of the first time that you're starting to see how global the nba has really become listen given i don't know if runveer singh is the craziest nba fan right i don't know if he can uh you know if he knows the nba like maybe i do or some of my friends do right like wh who are we to know that but at the same time, it's really cool to see that, like, we're starting to get celebrities from not just America, but all over the world interested in these games like basketball, like football, you know, all of these things. That's super cool. That is way cooler than probably anything. Um, and NBA, like, I think out of all of the major sports leagues here in the United States, there's probably one that has global kind of reach or global potential and that's basketball basketball is the one game that i think you can replicate in pretty much every other country that 
doesn't have like that everyone can kind of play right basketball is a game where all you really need is a bucket you need it you need a basket and you need a ball and you know you can figure out the rest with lines in the sand and all of these various things you know there's always various different things that you can do to play the game but it's very cool to see that like basketball is a global brand and like you're like a huge like of course, basketball is a global brand, right? You've had players like Manu Ginobili and Dirk Nowitzki. No, it's not necessarily like global brand in terms of players. I've known there's international, there's been international talent for years in the NBA. But I think the craziest thing is that it's not just international talent anymore. It's you're actually having like fans with uh, legitimate star power start to really put their names behind these leagues in other countries. And that is the craziest part to me that it's like, the NBA is true and basketball is really becoming like a global game. I mean, if you have Runveer Singh sitting next to Machine Gun Kelly at the Celebrity All-Star game, woo, we are up to something here, right? Like that is I, I I never thought I would say those two names in the same sentence ever. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of insane. It's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to think about like a Bollywood star and an emo rapper are playing on the same team in the all-star game in the celebrity all-star game and jack harlow is playing against ranveer wow 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 i i have no words i think it's i think it is so cool i think it's so awesome um and listen i'm not like a huge ranveer singh fan right like i don't know all of his movies or anything but it's just very cool to see that like the nba all of a sudden is like big in is big it has fans in other countries and literally has celebrities who are coming to these games and playing it's it's pretty cool and it's very exciting i guess for the future of sports is what i'm trying to say listen okay we had enough fun talking about the celebrity all-star game we got to get into some real fucking after show topics right because screw all of this oh like celebrity all-star game you know cool trending events that are happening in the world that's for the chain Gavi show dog let's get into after show shit i want you know i was going through this in my head right as i'm sitting there in bed one day and i'm just about to go to sleep i'm thinking about the euphoria episode i just watched i'm thinking about uh life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and all the various different philosophical things right and i think <laughs> and one of the things i wanted to figure out is if i could make a list of all of the things that make society uncomfortable and there's a lot there's a fuck ton i've noticed this i've noticed this i, I this actually was sprung upon by a question of the night that I put out on my Instagram. By the way, if you don't follow me, shout out at the Changabi Show on all social media platforms. Go follow me everywhere. Uh, subscribe, like, follow. You know the drill. Anyway, it was kind of sprung by this sort of idea that... So I basically, on the question of the night, had asked a question about gender. And I basically said, like, do you believe that there is more than two genders? Pretty simple question. It's either a, yes, I do believe that there are more than two genders, or no, there's two genders, and that's about it. It's a very simple question. <sighs> I didn't end up getting votes on that question for I want to say like uh two weeks. 
or not two weeks. That doesn't make sense. It's 24 hours, but I, I don't think I got votes on it until about 13 hours or 14 hours after the poll was posted. Even then, it got like eight, seven views or seven votes total. For 12 hours, no one voted anything. Why? Because people are uncomfortable by it. And I was like, oh shit, there's definitely more topics that people are uncomfortable by. Uh, and I got to list them all. So I was thinking and I was like, all right, let me let me try and come up with a list in my head of all of the different things that make society uncomfortable. Number one, the N word. This is true. OK, society is uncomfortable by the N word. Listen, I don't believe if you're not black, you probably you should not say the word. That's just my personal opinion. If you have a different opinion, I'd love to hear why. I'd love to hear your kind of nuanced explanation. Uh, there probably isn't any uh, that is appropriate, but. You know, if you say the N-word and you're white, you just got to look bad. If you say it and you look like me, you look like a spoiled bitch. Um, and yeah, I just wouldn't say it. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, why say it? If it's going to hurt someone's feelings, like there's no point. Um, and also, like, there is historical context. The word is not a good thing to say. So don't say it. Don't say the N-word. Like, I, I don't understand. And, but people, you know, it's it sounds cool. And it's like culturally has the significance amongst the African-American community of like being amazing and all of these things um uh of like you know not that was a bad way of putting it it has cultural significance in the african-american community in that like obviously the original use of the word was bad but Af african-americans in modern society have like taken the power back and made it their own and it's like you know now it means like friend or fellow or homie uh you know or just like you know that type of thing. So I guess people think that they can also use it as well, but you know, not realizing that there is sort of historical context behind it and all of these things. So there is a lot that, I mean, obviously that the usage of that word, I, I would say is very uncomfortable in society. Um, yeah, it's, it is a hundred percent is. Um, so the N word, that's an uncomfortable one. Gender. Like I talked about sex. No one wants to talk about sex. I mean, I think that's changing slowly with our generation. I mean, like, obviously, like, I don't, I wouldn't personally go into like graphic details about sex or anything, but like, I, I, I talk about sex. I think it's important to talk about sex because if you don't talk about sex then who the hell else is going to, you know, talk about it with you. Um, and I know a lot of kids didn't get the talk growing up. So it's, a, it's an important conversation to have. I feel like sex is definitely something that should be talked about. Um, in society uh but people are uncomfortable about talking about um relationship i guess like sexuality is another one um it's not like i would say that the kind of gay straight sort of concept is less uncomfortable but i would say like if you want to talk about like um bisexuality and like transsexual uh, not transsexual but like pansexuality and all of the various things that come with the umbrella of the lgbt uh, like asexuality like that's where ooh, that's uncomfortable territory a lot of people aren't i don't think society right now is ready to have that conversation of you know sexuality and all of that um other uncomfortable things <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, anything related to gender, like race, race is like the way I look at race. And I think the way society looks at race is like we're having those conversations now. That's like an issue that's actively like that's a conversation that's difficult, but it's actively being had. Um, I think 
to do with race, one of the main ones is like internal biases. I think that's a big one um, of like, you know, pointing out when you're wrong. And like, that's oftentimes a conversation you have with yourself of like, oh shit, why do I think that way? Um, and like digging in it, sort of digging into like the inner engineering of why you believe certain things are biased and kind of unlearning some of the stuff in relation to that. Um, so I feel like that's a whole separate concept of things and whatnot. So <laughs> that's definitely uncomfortable. Um, what else is uncomfortable to talk about? I guess culture for like immigrant kids, right? Of like the whole idea of like bringing up the fact to your parents that like you you don't connect to religion or Hinduism or Islam or Christianity or Catholicism for my uh, Latinx people out there. But like, you know, it's like w the certain ways that you grow up in America and not connecting to the culture. I want to, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, but like connectedness to the culture is definitely something that is an uncomfortable conversation. I would say to have with your, with your parents in particular, I guess, elders that you look up to who kind of expect you to, to follow the culture in certain ways and whatnot. Um, I guess there's like also uncomfortable conversations for like women too. I guess if you're like a girl, like dress is kind of a, like uh, if you have you know parents who are more conservative like that conversation is a fucking uncomfortable one i i don't know why i'm thinking of uncomfortable things but like i my, my point is like i was just trying to like see how many things i could list up out the top of my head there's a lot and my thing is like why are we making these things uncomfortable right like marijuana talking about my marijuana if i were to talk about my marijuana and nicotine usage with my parents would that that is also another uncomfortable conversation right of like, I'm getting judged. People think I'm, you know, an addict automatically when like I use it in a healthy sense, right? Or like whatever, right? That is an uncomfortable conversation. If you have that with your elders, like they're, it's just, why are we making these conversations uncomfortable? Why, why are they? Uncomfortable? Because we don't want to, we don't want to share parts of our personality with different people. And I get that, right? Like, obviously, like, you're not going to like, tell your parents every detail of your one night stand hookup uh that you had you know this weekend right that makes sense that's that's understandable but it's taking out the taboos of these like macro conversations in regards to like sexuality and race and gender and realizing that it's like it's okay to like have questions right because i feel like we're in a society where if we don't if we have a question people are like you don't know that what is wrong with you are you unwoke are you unwoke unbelievable i can never forgive you you're canceled right like that's the society we frankly live in at this point where if people have a question like I think there I think with in regards to gender and sexuality why a lot of people are so uncomfortable to have those conversations right now is because of the fact that you that people don't know a lot. There's not a lot of education in regards to different genders in regards to different sexualities. Heteronormativity is a big thing and you know I didn't know that there was more than like I didn't know that there was 72 different terms in regards to gender and sex and all of these things until I got to college, right? Like in high school, we were never taught that. In high school, it was like, oh yeah, guys, girls, okay, LOL, that's about it. I never met 
someone who was transgender until I got to college. Right. And I'm going to talk about that again. Uh, I have another topic about like meeting people and just like how it blows your mind. Um, But I feel like a lot of converse of the, a lot of the uncomfortable conversations we have are because we can't ask questions. And I guess what I'm trying to say here on the after show sitting here on my bedroom floor (laughs) is it's okay to have questions. It's okay to not know everything in regards to these difficult conversations. Like, I clown my parents when they say, you know, something. Uh, When they say stuff in regards to, you know, gender and sexuality and all these things. But as long as they have an open-mindedness and a willingness to learn and to have that conversation with you, that's cool. That's cool. It's a tough conversation to have, but you have to be open on both sides, I feel like, right? Us is the side of like educating ourselves and like knowing these things, but like also understanding the other generation's perspective of like, yo, like we didn't grow up with this shit. Like I don't even I didn't even learn what transgender was until Caitlyn Jenner. Like that's a lot of people in society, frankly. And there is so many things about like that are uncomfortable about that stuff of like, ooh, like I don't want to say the wrong thing and offend someone, but like Dude, you got to ask, if you if you want to learn, you got to ask questions and they're going to sound shitty and they're going to sound sucky uh, at first, but it's going to help you learn. And if it helps you learn, then who are we to judge, right? Be open-minded. But, you know, I mean, I guess it gets problematic if like the same question gets asked over and over again and it's like, you know, using a demeaning tone, but like whatever. Uh, that's a conversation for another day. But the point is there are a lot of uncomfortable conversations out there. And there shouldn't be a lot of uncomfortable conversations if you create the right communication climate. Okay, I'm not going to get into a fucking communications lecture. Um, that is for the academic classroom. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to give a lecture and I'm like a fucking second year community college, <laughs> second year community college kid who's like, I am the expert of communication and you're not fuck off, right? Um, but... Let me get into the next topic because I am frankly over this one. Uh, the blog, the blog, the blog, ah, 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 ah. What, what is a blog? Why did you, the blog, you had a blog in here? Yeah, I did. I had a blog. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to announce to you that before I got into podcasting, I was actually a writer. Uh, and there's actually, I mean, I'm pretty sure a vast majority of you that are listening to this, like know that. Um, that was my initial intention. I, when I was in like seventh, eighth grade, if you asked me what I wanted to grow, what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would tell you I wanted to be a journalist. That was my goal. I didn't know if it was in the news. I didn't know if it was in sports. I didn't know if it was in pop culture because I was interested in all of those things. I love sports. I love pop culture. I love, um, you know, entertainment, uh, the news, politics. I have a wide variety of interests in regards to like all of these things. Um, but hence the show. But <laughs> but the blog, where did this stem from? Okay. So why I wanted to talk about the blog was because I feel like I haven't publicly addressed this. Um, but I feel like now is the time to do so. Do so. So I want to. Um, listen, my junior year of high school, I was stuck. I guess, because I had a lot of stuff I wanted to write, and I had a lot of thoughts in my head that were percolating and circulating, 
and there was nowhere to go with these thoughts. And I was like, what do I do with these thoughts? And so it was suggested to me by someone, I don't remember who, um, to start a blog. And it's real easy. It takes like 15 minutes. Just go to Wix.com and come up with your own website. Um, and as someone who was watching a lot of YouTube at the time and saw Wix.com as the first ad, uh, every time you, you know, try to skip ad button on YouTube, I was like, okay, let me just click on Wix.com and, you know, go and create a website. And so I made a website on Wix.com. I wrote a bunch of stuff and I started a blog. And it started coming out weekly and then it turned into like twice a week and then three times a week. And I just kind of started writing whatever and putting it up, whatever. And it was kind of crazy because it went from this idea that one person had to me, like executing that idea to sort of turning into this thing where people would actually like look out for my writing. Um, and given this was in high school. And given my writing was garbage, I look back on a lot of those pieces and I absolutely cringe because they were absolutely terribly written. Um, and I don't know why I published those things to the internet. They're highly, highly naive. But also, <laughs> I feel like that's all of us in every stage of life. I'm probably going to come back to these podcasts in about five years and be like, what the hell was I thinking? I deserve to be canceled. But Point being, the blog was a stage of my life where I wrote a lot. And I wrote a lot about a lot, uh, about everything in regards to my relationship with sports, in regards to my relationship with life at the time, parents, mental health, literally everything you could possibly think of I wrote about. Um, and a lot of people really connected to it, particularly in my high school community. That's what I basically became known for was I was known as this blogger. I was known as this guy who would write a lot and wouldn't say much outside of that. I was the tall Indian kid that wrote a shit ton on his blog. And suddenly I kind of became like this. Uh, I don't want to like toot my own horn, but like people were like coming to me with like their own problems and shit in high school. And were like, yo, can you help me out? And I'm like, dog, I'm not a licensed therapist. All I do is just write for you know, cause I need that. This is my therapy. So I just write. Um, but it was really cool because so like you're probably asking like, why, why is this important? Where, where is this going? Let me tell you. So I was gosh, probably like four or five days ago, I was going through my, um, just old shit, like old Google drives, old messages. Cause I, I just like to clean out occasionally. Cause like my drive is almost full and I was going through all the old blogs and stuff. And also like, that's, that's kind of where the inspiration for the last after show post came from was I was just going through and cleaning out a bunch of stuff in my Google drive. And I saw all of these blog posts, man. And there's gotta be like 300, 400 different pieces in there. Um, uh, just different writings and different various things that I decided to do. Um, and I was going through all of it and I was just like, wait, uh, there was analytics on my blog site and I never really checked them because back in high school, my main focus was to focus on the, um, how do you say it? I was focused more on my grades than anything else. I didn't really give a shit about any extracurricular activities or my passions because I believed if you got into a good college, then you were set for life. Boy, was I wrong. Um, but but I, I checked the analytics on the site and it's crazy. So for my big blog fans out there, for my big stuck in the middle fans, that's what the blog was called. Um, 
it was at a certain point um, when I was writing a lot, I was getting views from like 30 different countries. I kid you not. Like I, it was crazy. Like it went beyond our high school. Like I guess people were viewing it in other countries. I have no idea how I did zero marketing on it. And I went back through like my old inbox and like my, in that website. And I just saw loads and loads of messages and emails from people that were just like, Whoa, like this was awesome. Thank you so much for writing this. Like just things that I had never imagined people wrote. And I didn't even know how to access this stuff way back in 2018 or whatever I was writing this stuff. So like going back and like looking at like the amount of people that like subscribed to the website and like wanted to get notifications for when like new episodes were releasing, like it just got my heart rate up because I was like, Holy shit, I've done this before. I did this. I did this in 2018. I did this before I even knew what a community was. I brought people together from all over the world to read my fucking naive ass shit. And it wasn't even good. It wasn't even good. This is way better. Like I can tell you my first episode of my podcast is way better than my blog. 150 trillion percent. And now, and now it's like, wait. And like, I just had this moment of realization of like, holy shit, you're doing the same thing over and over. You're, do you're doing the same thing over again. You're creating the same stuff. You did this before. Why are you worried that you, and I'm talking like in terms of myself at this point, why are you worried about what, about not being able to succeed? You've done this before. Yes. Did you make money? No. But are you way smarter now than you were then? Absolutely. Do you have more passion now than you have then? Yeah. Is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? Absolutely. If I was able to get people from 30 different countries to view my blog in back in 2018, imagine if I put my full effort into this and like let this thing ride out. I wrote for like three years on my blog before I shut it down. I shut it down right before I started this. Um, and I didn't even realize the impact I was having. And the craziest part was, was like, I think the part that made the blog, the blog was the fact that like, I got to actually just freaking say what I wanted to say. And people respected my opinion. People were like coming out of the woodwork and being like, yo, like that blog helped me get through a lot. Thank you. You know, thank you. You give like, I, I feel heard. I feel mattered. And that is what to me was like the best thing. And I love that. I truly do. And I know you see my phone in the background, but I'm doing something is for a project. So hush, little baby, don't you cry. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I was saying there, but the point is I've made internet communities before. I could do it again. Who's saying I can't do it again? Nah, but the blog is my OG. That's my origin. That's where I come from. I started writing and then I realized quickly when I got to school, I've heard, I've told the story multiple times. I realized when I quickly got to school, holy crap, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And then I went down this whole career revitalization path to when I finally came to this. And I realized that this is what I want to do is I want to talk from my bedroom floor at 12 a.m. and have fun. Sorry, mom and dad not going to be an engineer. <laughs> um, but anyway, listen, I was talking about this earlier with uncomfortable topics, uh, that people don't want to talk about. Uh, people you meet change your whole fucking perspective on things. And I've realized this as being more and more important now than ever, uh, now more than ever, because 
I've had the privilege in my 21 short years of life to have met people and to attract people kind of from all different backgrounds. I, see, I've noticed this with people. I feel like with a lot of people, you kind of attract the you kind of attract the energy that you put out there. Um, and I've put out a varying sort of energy throughout different phases of my life because that's who I am. I'm a nuge and I, I vary and I change and that's kind of, you know, I've never been like a consistently grumpy person or like a consistently optimistic individual. Um, but I kind of sort of realized that <laughs> I have a lot of different friends and I have a lot of different friends from a lot of different backgrounds from a lot of different varying life experiences. And I was lucky enough to go to college for a year um, and meet a lot of different people. Uh, and I'm not saying like those are my only friends, like even in high school, like I had friends from all sorts of, you know, with different perspectives and all that. Uh, that's kind of what I value about me as a person is like, I'm really like, I, I can connect with people from all backgrounds and they'll have some sort of, you know, connection with me. Um, I'm really good at like, I'm really good at creating like authentic, real relationships. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm good at it. I, I've, that's what I've realized over time. But I've met a lot of different people throughout my life. <laughs> Absolutely. Lots of different people. Rich, poor, middle class. And I know I'm talking like I'm 50 years old, but I'm not. <laughs> you know, rich, poor, middle class, like all sorts of races, all sorts of ethnicities, genders, sexualities, you name it. Every single one of those people has managed to change my perspective in a whole different light than I would ever, ever expected. Um, and it's kind of crazy to know that, particularly in college. Um, the first place I went to college I've talked about it. University of Redlands. Shout out to my Redlands people if you're listening to this. I know, I know some of you are out there. Um, but I used I, I went to a school called the University of Redlands. It was hyper, it was very liberal, uh, very progressive school, and there's no problem with that. Um, but I went to a particular sect of the University of Redlands called Johnston College. And at Johnston College, I encountered a lot of different people. I'm talking like people you would like, I would, I, Anush Shingabi would have never met in my life if it weren't for this school. Um, and I, in my perspective in a matter of like, I was there for 11 months, maybe nine, 10, 11 months, something like that. My perspective of being there for nine, 10, 11 months shifted the way I thought about the world completely hundred percent because we in high school, would do a lot of talking about the LGBTQ community. We do a lot of talking about different genders, about different sexualities, about races, different races, about the African American community and all of these things. And we weren't really like growing up in the Valley here in Silicon Valley, in the Bay area, uh, in this part of the Bay, in the South Bay, you're kind of exposed to like one certain type of people. You're kind of exposed to like, you know, mostly men and women. Um, and back when I was in high school, like being gay and out wasn't something that was super common. And so it was kind of the same person you encountered, you know, Asian men, Asian women, um, for the most part, uh, sometimes white people, very rarely Latinos, Latinx people. Um, and yeah, very, 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 extremely rarely like African-American individuals. I went to college that whole, that everything changed. I'm talking about different races, different genders, different sexualities, and I went from this kid who thought who was talking about these issues 
in high school government class, like, you know, not really connecting to those people. But in college, like it kind of all went full circle because you suddenly meet people who you're talking about, uh, you know, Trump impinging on their civil rights and you meet someone who is transgender. You meet someone who is LGBTQIA. And I'm obviously talking from a very privileged perspective, right? I'm a cisgender, male, heterosexual, straight, you know, kind of all of the things that you know, society check marks for the most part as being like a really privileged person. And like, that's true. But it was like eye opening for me as a person to like, just encounter different people because, and this is what I've noticed very, very quickly uh, before I kind of move on to the next topic. The more you expose yourself to different people of different backgrounds and all of these things, the more your mind opens. And I know like you're obviously saying like no shit, but like I'm I'm not even I'm not joking about this stuff. Like I like now when I look at issues in regards to gender and sexuality in particular, like these those are the two I'm really kind of mentioning uh for the most part. Those are issues now that I connect to on a deeper level because I know people who are going to be affected by those laws, by that legislation, by people talking about things a certain way because I have personal relationships with those people because we've talked, because we've hung out, because we've spent time together. And so I'm not saying like telling people like, yo, go get a diverse friend group, um, you know, of every race, gender, sexuality. Like, fuck no, I'm not saying that. Right. I'm not saying like you should affirmatively action, secure your friends or select your friends. No. But what I'm saying is like. Just be open to all perspectives, go into every relationship with an open mind, don't assume things about people um, just because of, you know, the way that they act or some stuff that they're interested in and see what it's all about. See what it's all about. Be open um, to different people and perspectives and don't just laugh it off. Uh, because there's more out there in the world than you could ever expect. Okay. Got a couple more topics and then we're going to end it. The bots, man, the bots. You're like a nude. What the fuck are you talking about? Listen. So on Instagram, uh, those of you that don't follow me again, the Changavi show on Instagram, on Instagram, bots are, the bots are everywhere. Half the freaking accounts on this app, I swear to you, are bots. They're all like, oh my God, have you seen me naked in the chat room? Like that's half the comments, right? Half of them are just like, see me naked in the chat room. Follow XYZ Pornhub.xxx, right? Or like you, like half the people that view your stories are like, you know, talking about these graphic ass sexual positions when you click on their Instagram and you're like, oh my God, it's a catfish. It's a bot. It's a freaking bot. These bots are everywhere, man. You go on every account. You go on every public account. Half of Drake's comments, you know, he gets like a hundred thousand comments. At least 50,000 of those are like, you know, uh, fake catfish women claiming to be, you know, hot singles from Campbell, California between the ages of 18 and 45, right? That That's what bots, ha- that's what Instagram has become. It's literally 65% bots. That's what I've realized. I'm like, if I want to have a nuanced conversation, it is not on this app. It is not on Instagram. Maybe it's on TikTok because people actually comment stuff. Even then the TikTok bots are, are getting there, but it's not a large majority of the app in my opinion. But the bots are getting smarter, man. 
And let me tell you what I mean, right? When I first started podcasting, it was so obvious to tell who's a bot, right? Because they would have like the fucking longest usernames of like random letters, like ASDF underscore X five five sex sex sex, right? Or whatever the fuck their username was. And then you know, it'd be just long as hell, and you would cl- and you would just look at the freaking first picture, and you're like, oh, like all right, like I don't even need to like look any further, right? Because like they're fucking their bio was like have you seen my sex video like okay dude we we know you're a bot dog it's it's not hard to tell apart but they've noticed the russian hackers have gotten smart guys i'm telling you you know why because let me tell you why so on my chingabi show i can see like who's viewed my story uh so like you know when i post a tiktok i usually like to check engagement and stuff and all that and, you know, a lot of accounts view, view the story. A lot of bots, a lot of, you know, there's still a lot of those uh, the bots. Who are like, Have you seen my first sex video yet? Like, I get like three of those views a day. Uh, that's very normal, very typical. Um, but there's also the smart bots. So, like, I was going through Instagram one day. And I was just going through, like, seeing, I was like, oh, the normal people are viewing my story, you know? Because, like, I'm still pretty small. So, like, I pretty much know everybody that follows me. And then, like, there's, like, some random person. And it was, like, Jasmine underscore Flores. Uh, or some random name. I'm just thinking of that off the top of my head. Um, And it was like, oh, Jasmine underscore Flores? Like, okay, like, who is this random person that found me? And then you click on the thing. And it's a bot because you can see, like, the first thing is, like, check out my cam videos for more, right? Or some shit like that. But it's like, hold on, hold on, guys. The fact I actually had to click on the account to verify that they were a bot, the bots are getting smarter. The bots know what's up. The bots are taking over. The bots are getting smart, guys. The bots know that those you know long usernames aren't working anymore, so they got to actually convert to real names. And then they actually got to, you know, but obviously, you know, once you click on it, you can tell by the bio. So now the next step is they create legit Instagram accounts and then just like catfish you with like one post, right? And then the, and then the posts and eventually the bots are going to become the real people and we're screwed. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, my point is the bots are becoming hella smart. Okay. And most of social media as a creator, you have to realize this hella bots, hella bots. And the bots, the bots, the thing about the bots is they don't follow you. The bots don't follow back. It's bullshit, right? They they don't follow nobody. It's it's so dumb and they all tag you. The freaking bots tag you everywhere and they like, you know, especially if you're a public Instagram profile, you're fucked. If you have like that's the problem about being public is like the bots can follow you and then unfollow you and then follow you again and it's terrible. Um but the bots are getting smarter, man. Okay, the fact that it's no longer well for the most it's like 90% of the still the long names of like check out my first sex cam video and then you know mix in with like the 10% of like oh normal names and then you click on the profile and immediately realize it's a bot. So I don't know if that's just an Instagram problem, but I've noticed it very heavily on Instagram recently of like the bots are real and the bots are getting very, very smart. So watch out, man. Don't fall for this bot shit. Um, we need to we need to combat against the bots. You know, if I was running for president in 2024, you know what my platform would be? Hashtag get rid of the bots. Because I have a dream that one day, one day, ladies and gentlemen, one day, We will be a botless free America. Thank you.
Woo! You're the best speaker ever. Okay, anyway. Um, listen, last topic of the day. <laughs> I really want to talk about this for a second. I really, really want to talk about this because this is hella funny to me. I think the two best shows right now that I've been watching and that have been really, really consistent, in my opinion, you can feel free to disagree and say, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, the shows that have, because I, I just finished uh, Ted Lasso, like today, um, finished the last episode of the second season. Again, I get it. I, I'm behind. But so I just finished this the last episode of Ted Lasso and obviously I'm watching Euphoria and I'm going to do like a full breakdown on the Changabi show, like what I thought and all of these things, because Euphoria is actually the most trending show on the planet right now. And it's actually, in my opinion, right now in American television, the single best TV show that we have seen um, probably in the last three or four years. Hands down, it's not even close. But Euphoria and Ted Lasso, in my opinion, are the two biggest shows right now that are happening. Uh, and I think Ted Lasso is fantastic in its own way and i think euphoria is fantastic in its own way but what's funny is i think both of them are opposites they're complete opposite tv shows but they're so but they're both so they're they're both so like captivating with a wide variety of audiences but also they're so easy to connect to um and you might be thinking like Anuj, how the fuck do you connect to euphoria like are you our high school like if you went to my high school and you're listening to this like our high school is nothing like the euphoria high school yes okay if our if a girl showed up the way that maddie is dressed to class in any day monday through friday and this is not even like a, a an understatement like if a girl were to show up to saratoga high school tomorrow dressed like maddie perez she would be instantly forced to dress in pe clothes like that is just that is a fact. Um, it's yeah, sorry. Like that's, you know, we're not there yet as a society where we can just allow like people to dress like Maddie all the time, uh, roaming around Saratoga's halls. But I don't know if that's still a thing. I don't know if that's still a thing. In, when I was in high school, if anybody dressed like that, they all, they would be kicked out. There'd be like a conversation with the parents. It'd be like the biggest deal. It'd be like all the drama. But <laughs> anyway, that's besides the point. I just think it's funny that like the two best shows right now amongst our like amongst my younger generation of viewers uh, from like 21 to like 31 are Ted Lasso and Euphoria. And for a wide variety of reasons, I'd say Ted, Ted Lasso is quite the opposite of Euphoria in that it's like this feel good show. It's like this show that makes you want to feel good in your heart. And it's like Ted Lasso such a good guy, but he's got this past. And it's explored in season two. And like, yeah, there's so much, con there's like conflict in Ted Lasso. But like at the end of the day, everything's always resolved. And it always comes out to a happy ending. And it's funny. And it's all of these things. And then you have Euphoria where it's like you feel like conflict will just never stop. And like it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And that's the show. That is Euphoria. Euphoria, the show, is literally just people continuing to get into conflicts and continue to just be sad all the time. That's really what Euphoria is. Um, and it's just, it's very dramatic. Um, so for those of you that are not into the drama scheme of things, definitely don't check out Euphoria. But I just think it's very funny that the two biggest shows right now in our generation are arguably the two biggest shows. I'd say Euphoria is for sure. I'd say Ted Lasso's in that conversation, but I would say that it's definitely like approaching that are two kind of, opposite ends of the spectrum in a lot of ways i would say ted lasso is is a very optimistic like feel good show for the family you know just like 
everybody's happy, good times only, good vibes. And then you have euphoria, which is like the opposite of like life could not get any worse, but it does and it figures and it finds a way and it's beautiful and it's artistic and it's got these wonderful moments of wonderful artisan craftery. But at the end of the day, it's still a horrific life. And almost like Ted Lasso and Euphoria are like two different looks at life. They're two different perspectives and two different ways to look at life. Um, one being like optimistic and like, you know, life sucks and it's hard, but it's going to work out. And the other being life is shit. Life will continue to be shit. And there's no point in living life. And that's literally what the Euphoria kind of Rue perspective is. I would love to see a show with Ted Lasso and Rue. Uh, Zendaya and Jason Sudeikis like on Saturday Night Live talking to each other because I think it would be absolutely fucking hilarious but I think they'd have more in common than you would think that's just the way I look at it that being said though finished season two Ted Lasso my thoughts I thought it was pretty good I, I I thought it was actually better than season one I thought it took a while for it to kind of find its footing a little bit there but once it got it the back half of season two of Ted Lasso was fantastic. I really liked the way they explored different relationships, different mental health stuff. Um, I thought the character development of all the characters in season one was great. I really liked the development of, um, what's his name? Fucking, uh, I liked the Jamie's character arc in Ted Lasso. I love Keely. Keely is one of my favorite characters in the whole show. Um, so it was great to see her. Uh, what else, man? Um, Ted has always been Ted, but like exploring his past was pretty cool. Um, Roy, I like, I mean, Roy is cool too. I just like a lot of the characters. And then, uh, and then on Euphoria, Euphoria season two has been another fucking level. It has been so good from minute one of this season. It has not stopped. There hasn't really been, there's been one, I would say, draggy episode ish which was episode four, I want to say. Um, but other than that, it's been a fantastic ride. It's been so good. I've enjoyed it so heavily. Um, and yeah, both of these shows are so good, but they're so opposite in so many ways. And I love it. I love I love how our generation is just so polarly divided amongst these two shows. I like listen, like I met I'm I consider myself to be a Ted Lasso and a Euphoria fan. Um I met a lot of people who are big Ted Lasso fans who fucking hate Euphoria. And I've met a lot of people who love Euphoria and would probably fucking hate Ted Lasso. So it's it's really interesting. Um but I'm I'm probably digging in way too deep here. Uh both great shows. Highly recommend watching both. Um I would say right now in 2022, and you just favorite TV shows, Euphoria and Ted Lasso are definitely top of the list right now. Um, and this is coming from someone who a couple days ago thought that Ted Lasso was mediocre, but that was probably when I was about six episodes through. And then like I finished it during this long weekend and I've been thoroughly impressed. You will be hearing more about these both of these shows on the Changavi show, so need not worry about my analysis being very draggy and tired because I'm recording this on my floor at 12:19 in the morning. Uh, so apologies for the lack of you know uh, comprehensive analysis of both these shows. But I did post on my Instagram. Euphoria is single-handedly the best show on television right now, hands down. I stand by that take.
it is the best TV show I've seen in the last two years. Um, that it's probably it's been number one. It's constantly trending. People love it. Uh, and the a different like I was talking about this with someone today. The different uh, backgrounds that Euphoria attracts, like you would never expect the people to watch Euphoria watch it. I I know frat boys that love Euphoria. I know you know girl like I know just white party girls that love Euphoria, and then you you have like the spiritual stoner guys who love Euphoria, and the you know um, like <laughs> the the girls who are you know more reserved and shy who absolutely love Euphoria. Also, like, just it's it's for, it's a show that really like if you if you're one that can handle these extreme kind of characteristics uh, to the show, you know, obviously like the heavy usage of sex and drugs and and uh, and all of these various things that happen because Euphoria is quite the show for extremes. Um, the show is 100 percent for you. It's so good. It's so freaking phenomenal. Um, but. That being said, I I can see why a lot of people in the older generation might take issue with Euphoria, um, and why some people even in this generation might look at Euphoria and be like, it's a little too much for me. But that being said, that is all I have here on the Changavi After Show. Fifty two minutes, baby. I know I was filling around with the camera a lot today, so I apologize. But thank you so much for watching. I hope you appreciated the new setup. It's kind of cool. I gotta I gotta work out the kinks a little bit more but uh with the camera and stuff but i thought i thought the wall looks pretty good if you're on youtube the setup th does the setup look cool do y'all like the ring light the ring light looks hot in my opinion holy shit um this is beautiful best 40 bucks i spent um but i really do like this kind of casual after show vibe if i don't say so myself but anyway thank you guys so much for watching if you're on youtube feel free to like and subscribe to the channel also share the video with anyone that you think would appreciate it and if you're on any other podcasting platforms feel free to hit the follow button if you're on apple Podcasts, feel free to leave me that five-star review you know because i kind of need it uh if i want to grow so i would appreciate it um and if you guys like the content just share it with your friends talk about it put it on social media you can tag me at the changavi show at the Changavi Show. C-H-A-N-G-A-V-I is my last name. And from the San Francisco Bay area and from the South Bay, uh, from my parents' house on the floor, I, Anush Changavi, episode 10 of the Changavi After Show, signing off. Hope y'all have a fantastic week ahead. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this setup. But anyway, that's all I got. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate every single one of you. And I'll see you for more on the Chengavi Show. All right, peace.